Hey everyone, Kelby Bachman here to make a quick announcement before we get started. I have partnered with Gina Perry and Beat the Streets National in hopes to help raise money for their Gear Up campaign. The Gear Up campaign aims to provide youth with a new pair of wrestling shoes, headgear, and workout clothing. We've all been touched by wrestling in some shape or form, so now let us provide the same gift wrestling gave us to those who need it most. You can donate at national.beatthestreets.org slash letstalkwrestling or help spread the word about the Gear Up campaign. You can find the link and more information about the campaign in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. With it being Thanksgiving, that means it's a time to give thanks. So I want to take a moment and give thanks to some people. First off, thank you to all my guests who have come on the show and shared their story. Without you, this podcast wouldn't even be possible. We have some amazing guests going forward, and I'm excited for you to hear their stories as well. I also want to thank my wife, Ashley Bachman, for all her work behind the scenes. She helps with all my social media posts and also helps with the structuring of the music within the intro and the outro. She's very patient and understanding with all the interviews I conduct throughout the week, so I'm very lucky to have her by my side on this journey. Lastly, I also want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for subscribing and listening to each one of these unique stories. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy interviewing each guest. And my hope is that you take away something from each episode that impacts you in some shape or form. I'm excited for the future of this podcast, and I hope you'll be along for the ride. Now, let's talk some wrestling. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Go To War by Nothing More, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Tony Hager. Tony was gracious enough to invite me to his studio in downtown Des Moines and interview him in person. We had such a great conversation that I felt it's necessary to provide all of it to you. So, I'm breaking it down into two parts. This is part two. If you haven't already, go back and listen to part one of my interview with Tony Hager. In this episode, we talk about Tony's college career and how he started IA Russell. Tony wrestled at Simpson College and majored in graphic design. He actually went through a period when he didn't love wrestling anymore. However, that spark was eventually relit and now he owns IA Russell. He has expanded into Nebraska, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Him and his team do a hell of a job covering the sport. And after talking with Tony, I had a whole new level of appreciation for the work him and his team does. I know you'll feel the same. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of Tony Hager. You went off to Simpson. Yeah. And you were still, that still was kind of just in the back of your mind. You know, when I got to Simpson, I was back to being that small dude. Mm-hmm. 
uh, my freshman year. And at the college level, no one gives a shit if you're a runner-up or multiple runner-up or you're, you know, you're highly, you know, rank, big rank uh, recruit or whatever it may be. They don't care. Mm-hmm. So going to my freshman year, I just, I, I didn't have really a lot of expectations of being able to be the guy. Um, I weighed like 115. I got to like 115 and um, then got to like 120. You know, I was drinking Budweiser's and <laughs> and staying out too late and of put on the wrong pounds, you know, getting to college, got away from the farm. Um, so, uh, but I, I, I mean, I went to practice and, and, you know, competed the best I could. Went to, went to all the, the tournaments I was supposed to. And this was back to being little and not be able to finish, finish, um, you know, practices were suck. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't score on anybody. Like only time I could score on people when they were cutting weight and I wasn't. And, uh, that, you know, my successes came in the, really in the, in the practice rooms, really only when other people were cutting weight and I could just be, I was a full feed. Mm-hmm. So freshman year, I just really chalked it up to, I did wrestle some varsity, my, my soft, my freshman year at Simpson, but, um, I just lost that passion for, uh, like Ogden was just such a like, hey, you win for Ogden, you've got that community support. You go to college and you don't really mm-hmm. have that unless you grow up probably like being a diehard Hawkeye or Cyclone <laughs> or whatever. Like no one grows up being a hardcore Simpson college guy unless their parents went there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the the side of like wanting to win for your coach, wanting to win for your school all goes by the wayside it's 100 percent. you're on your own worrying about yourself and that that was different for me um so i gravitated more towards the social aspect of being on the team being being with my teammates my freshman year than and then anything else it was it wasn't really about the wrestling my freshman year because i just just couldn't win mm-hmm. i just could not figure it figure it out Right. I don't know if it was either. I was just still, still, um, you know, thinking about state finals or, you know, I lost confidence or what. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still could decide to keep competing. Like, I could have gone and played baseball at Simpson. Mm-hmm. Wanted to. Wish I kind of would have. But um, I still enjoyed being part of the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. when you get to college, without a doubt. I was going to ask if you kind of lost, because it did sound like you lost that passion. Did you lose that love for the sport a little bit? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, yeah. You lose it. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, you lose it because you're used to winning all the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you fall in love with living, or, or, or with winning, and you you fall out of love with the process of winning. So the process of winning is going to practice, working your butt off, being okay with getting your butt kicked, and going to the practice next day, going, you know what, I'm not going to let that kid do what he did to me yesterday. I'm going to win this practice. And that was gone. I, I was done with the process because I had so many practices where that just I couldn't get over that hump. That's where, you know, separates the really, really good college wrestlers from, you know, 
the really good high school wrestlers being really good college wrestlers. There's such a huge gap in maturity of being okay with getting your butt kicked for a full year. And there's very few kids that can go in their freshman year and be the guy. Um, you know, there's so many true, there's true freshmen now at the D1 level that are, I mean, unbelievable, right? But, you know, at D3, we have no red shirts. So you're, yeah. you're the guy. Like, you're just, you're in there. If, you, if it's your, your weight class, you're the guy. Um, so just the maturity level that, you know, I wasn't ready for of, um, of figuring out, okay, I weigh 115 pounds. Like, I need to put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle in order to be able to compete with these dudes, which are, you know, the coaches were saying like, hey, you just gotta get bigger. You gotta just be okay with losing right now. Um, but I didn't put in that time in the process to be that guy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, looking, you know, back at the people around me, I gravitated to both ends of the spectrum, actually. So, I definitely hung out with the people that were there just to be part of the wrestling team because they'd been a part of their whole life. You know, I guess you could call it the JV squad and where we weren't really the guys, but we were part of the team. You know, we'd be out here partying all the time during the week, during the weekends, during the wrestling season. And these guys over here are the successful wrestlers. And I, I kind of would go to both parties um, and hang out with the same different, different, different groups of of them so I think that was good because it kept me in the sport I didn't say okay hey you know I'm just I'm done I'm done with wrestling I'm just gonna go chase chicks and drink beer and Mm -hmm. and figure out what I want to do in life versus you know still chase my dreams of just winning matches and being an all-american and being national champion at the division three level so I was intermixing both mentalities or both thoughts throughout my college career I think which this is super interesting mm-hmm. to think about mm-hmm. like you know why didn't I just why didn't I just go to one you know what would have gotten me over the hump to say you know what I'm going to be a national champion now. I couldn't be a state champion you know we see those people now that didn't do very well in high school and they're having huge success at the collegiate level mm-hmm. something something happened to them within their coaching or their surroundings or they're like dude now you can be the guy at the collegiate level like those stories are just awesome to me Mm -hmm. that you can not have those successes and just expect them to just if I keep doing it like it will come so I don't know if that's just a product of being second place twice where I just didn't think that that process was worth it anymore or, or what? Mm-hmm. Really? Um, but finished out Simpson College mm-hmm. all four years. Wrestled all four all years. Wrestled all four <clears throat> years. Varsity my junior senior year, and fuck, our conference was just unbelievable. You know, Warburg, Luther. Um, and there, I, had to, I talked to Justin McClintock a lot about like my worst loss in my career was to Justin McClintock uh, at Warburg. He texted me. That was that, that one of the. I don't remember a lot of matches my from college. Like I remember high school matches vividly, mm-hmm. but my college is just. I just 
didn't really care. I cared about getting through the tournament and going home and and chasing, uh-huh. <laughs> and that just was my life. Um, but I'm proud that we we you know I finished it out. Yeah. I didn't quit, and um, so that's I think that's just the the part of me that leads me to doing the things I'm doing now is knowing that I cannot I, I definitely can get through bad situations or not being you know not being the guy or not winning all the time or not being number one and still like all right you just got to keep battling and you know eventually you'll be the dude right so through through that college career really shaped you know my career really I think in the same sense as far as things off the mat really uh, those little things and, and throughout college really has got me where I'm at now mm-hmm. so I have no regrets I have no regrets <clears throat> of my college career mm-hmm. like I don't I would have had to been super focused super lifting ways to get where I would want to be and um, I don't know if I would trade what I have now the relationships I have now because I would have had to I would have had to sacrifice a lot you have to sacrifice a lot to be the guy at college and I don't know if those sacrifices sacrifices for me personally would have been worth wouldn't worth it right mm-hmm. like, I, I love to be a national champion but am I I'm just probably saying this because I wasn't <laughs> right like I don't know what it would have taken to be a national champion so it's easy for me to say well you know I'm good that I, I'm glad that I didn't make those sacrifices I, I don't know mm-hmm. right um Hell, that was, you know, that was 15 years ago. So, mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that long. Ago, yeah, I but. know. Right? <laughs> but you were a graphic design major. How did that come about? Um, I went to Simpson College because one, my a couple of my friends were going there. Jared, Jared Burma. Tyler Greaser, we're going there. Um, and a couple other kids that were wrestlers went to Simpson and had great careers outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I went to college at Simpson strictly for business, you know, my, my career out of, out of, um, outside of wrestling. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I just was sold on the fact if I went to Simpson, I would have opportunities in the Des Moines area. So I went to Simpson with zero. Um, I had an art, I got art background my senior year in high school. Loved drawing, you know, loved being creative and stuff. And um, went to Simpson and just went through classes. Like just barely got through classes. Stayed eligible so I could stay wrestling. And at one point in time, you know, graphic design started getting popular. Like it was mm-hmm. like the cool cool thing to do if you were an artist like Mm -hmm. people kind of were like well you can't make a living being a painter you can't you can't do the things that you go to high school for and like make pottery like (laughs) very few people can make a living as an artist at the time but graphic design was getting more into the corporate world where everything was now getting designed online so that's just the route that I went because one, it was in art, it was 
it was easy for me to do and um, I thought that I could also implement it into a potential business in the future if I you know went into the business world because I've always been a little bit of an entrepreneur always kind of like finagled stuff and like made sales of you know I was always trying to like screw my friends out of like money you know and like so I'm gonna go in business and that's what it takes to be successful sometimes is um, so I thought maybe that's how, what that could lead into, I guess. So, yeah, graduated with graphic design uh, from Simpson. And after that, there, there was no jobs. No jobs that were able to pay student loans at Simpson College. Yeah. <laughs> Super expensive. Uh, I got offered a, a $12 an hour, $12 an hour job at the Altoona newspaper. And I turned it down. And it killed me because I was like, man, I'm... I don't know what I'm going to be able to do with my degree. So I just went to school for four and a half years and paid a lot of money to get 12 bucks an hour. And so I just went back back home and painted for a living with the paint crew, did some odd jobs. I did some uh, restoration work for houses that caught on fire for a long wow. time. And, and um, just put graphic design behind me, really. Um, Oof. Yeah. So I just wasted all that money mm-hmm. to go back and being a you know a, a hard labor dude. You mm-hmm. know, grew up on a farm, so you know that's what paid the bills to be able to pay my student loans. Um, but I eventually got a call from a guy from Ogden that said, "Dude, you're you're pretty good in sales. What do you think about being mortgage the mortgage business?" So I just jumped into it because I didn't want to be painting anymore. Mm-hmm. And I treated mortgages a lot like wrestling, where there's a leaderboard as far as sales go. And that's why I think a lot of wrestlers are really good in sales because they need goals. They need someone to try to beat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you're – wrestlers are just goal-oriented people. So putting them in those roles is, is super important, I think. So I just was motivated by money. And motivated by goals of being the best in the in the mortgage company that I was at, mm-hmm. so that just got me completely out of grunt work and into the city life. I guess. Mm-hmm. Did you? Sounds like a little bit. You went in. Did you go into a little bit of a funk? As far as falling out of love with sport, or just yeah, a little bit of that, and just like in life, just it, it sounds like you just maybe went through a little bit of a funk where you didn't know what you were gonna do, and so you were just. I guess I'll just paint houses and yeah, uh, or you know restoration work and that's you know absolutely yeah um, de- I mean felt, definitely got out of college and <clears throat> did not follow wrestling did not watch the Hawkeyes like I used to didn't even watch my old teammates like I just was done like done with wrestling in general um, didn't know what I was gonna do um, did so you the- have any goals after that like. You know, when did you, I guess, yeah, did you just, like, not have any goals? You just Yeah, kinda... it was strictly surviving to pay bills, mm-hmm. really, at that point. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time. She was going to college still. So we were, I was just trying to make enough money to pay for rent, mm-hmm. you know, and there just wasn't a graphic design jobs out there. So I think I just was like, all right, this is what I'm going to have to do and hope that something, you know, comes along, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, the mortgage company definitely got me out of that, like, just rut of just, like, 
getting a weekly paycheck yeah. and maybe having a career. What you, you know, you go to college, you're like, oh, I'm going to have this career, right? Like, your guidance counselor says you do all this, you'll have a great career. <laughs> That's what they say what's going to happen. And uh, the mortgage business was 100% commission. You're on your own. It's a lot like wrestling. You're not going to get a salary. And that's what really motivated me. 100% commission. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No salary. So that that actually got me back into being competitive again. Okay. Right? Like I was in a position where I could be competitive. And it didn't matter really how big I was. It just mattered who was going to, you know, make more phone calls, who was going to put in more time, who had better connections. So getting back into that social aspect of what I really learned in college, it, you know, it you got to know who you, you know, it's all about who you know. Mm-hmm. So I really, for the first year, really kind of didn't understand the business and, and understand money really a whole lot because I was just living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. still having a lot of fun, partying and whatnot. But, um, I, but it's kind of crazy, and a lot of people don't know this, but I, a uh, little bit of a gambler, so I won a, I was in a thousand dollar poker tournament entry fee, and I won fifteen grand. Wow, nice! So I put all that money back into my business, of the mortgage business, and and ever since then, that's really when my career took off. I invested back into the mortgage business, spent almost all of it. I bought my wife a ring with it too but that's the poker the gambling side of me really got me out of that funk and fell in love with dominating again and winning and winning everything mm-hmm. in life so that that's that's reality if if without that poker tournament I wouldn't be probably where I'm at today wow yeah. where was that poker tournament Meskwaki Meskwaki Casino yeah um, it was uh, I won a seat 60 bucks to get in a tournament. Again, I didn't have a ton of money, mm-hmm. but I was super confident in the game of poker. That's when poker was huge, yeah. right? Like, it came on the scene, moneymaker, all that crap. Played in college, but I took it a little bit more seriously than a lot of people did. But $60 tournament, out of like 180 kit people, you had to get uh, top eight or something like that. Well, I got my seat into the $1,000 buy-in tournament. And then, so you had to know. pay thousand bucks then to no, buy. No, so my the sixty bucks that I invested got me into the thousand okay. dollar tournament. So I basically had to get win two tournaments, win a tournament to get into okay. a big tournament. So I didn't have a thousand dollars invested. Mm-hmm. In. Um, so it was a huge win, just obviously to get in the tournament, but then to actually cash in it and then make the final table was huge. Uh, so that just kind of one financially helped kind mm-hmm. of relieve like okay, hey, I have some money I can invest in my business. And then ever since then, that's just kind of where I've modeled any business that I've been in is spending money to get ahead and and then grinding to get there too. But money also always helps. <laughs> so, yeah. So when you say you, you won, you know, that money to invest into your business, what business were you at at that so time? So it was in the mortgage business. So okay. it, uh, you're, you're on your own, right? 100% commission. So, oh, so like, are you working... For a mortgage company? I'm working for a mortgage company. Okay. They get a cut. Okay. So if you give someone a mortgage, you would get a commission fee off of okay. selling that. And the bigger the mortgage, the more money you got, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, so 
I spent the money in marketing. And so then I got back into my graphic design world where I was making flyers or making social media posts. At the time, social media was starting to get popular. You know, now we're like in 2000, 2010, 2011 era when social media is just now getting out of Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like Facebook was popular around 2003, you know, it just started getting more popular where brands were actually using social media to connect with, connect with one another. So I spent a lot of money in that and investing in graphic design and then getting leads. So leads are, I would pay, like if you, you know, you click online, you go to a website and you click and put your name and number in there and say, Hey, I'm interested in a quote. Okay. I would pay for you mm-hmm. to click on that. And then I would call you within 15 seconds say, Hey, <laughs> Hey Joe, like, looks like you're looking to refinance. Uh, my name is Tony Higger. Would you be interested in doing that? So I would have, I'd have to pay for that mm-hmm. lead. And that's where all my money was at. Like I had to have confidence that when I called that person, I would sell the deal. Yeah. It could cost me money whether he does deal with me or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's when I say invested in the business. That's what, that's where that comes from, I guess. Hmm. So because the, the the mortgage company, they they just really gave you a seat, and that's it. Okay. They gave you the tools, a printer, and whatnot. But other than that, you're on your own. Figure uh-huh. it out. Yeah. Hmm. There's training involved, but yeah. like, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. So then, I guess when did when did I wrestle come about? Yeah. So fast forward two years, it's very successful. Two years after I, you know, got that money. Um, I like what were you just you were solely focused those last two years. You were solely focused on this more like yeah. Okay. So when I guess I should ask when did I wrestle start to become like. When did you think you might want to do something different? I guess in in this time frame, I wanted. I was getting back into like 2011. Was getting back into like following wrestling again. Really? And, How'd that start? And I don't know. I don't know really how it started, but I started following the Hawkeyes, and then I was always big into like uh, wrestling forums. Yeah, and. And whatnot. So I started covering the Iowa Hawkeyes for HawkeyeNation.com. Oh, you started covering them? Yeah, covering the Hawkeyes just in the forum. Mm-hmm. And then John Miller said, I, was, I went to John Miller, who at the time was running the website. I'm like, hey, can you help us get credentials for the Big Ten Championships? And at that point, I met Kurt Crittenden, who was um, just a guy on a forum. Reached out to him. And he's like, hey, he's like, do you want to go cover the Big Ten Championships? Because we had been writing previews and predictions on HawkeyeNation.com, Hawkeye Report a little bit, and we got those credentials. And then we came back from the Big Ten Championships, and and we had been doing stuff on the forums, previewing duels and whatnot, and you know, getting being a forum cool dude, whatever it may be. And eventually, I was like, hey, we should we should start covering this. So we approached John Miller and said, hey, will you start? You know, basically. We don't need to get paid, but we need you to like maybe help us with hotels and just get us credentials because we're just two dudes. So we need your we need your website to do that. Right. And he wasn't really interested in hockey wrestling coverage, which was crazy to me because our forum posts were getting thousands and thousands of likes and and views. People were inter, you know interacting with our previews, and they were good. And so I don't remember if they were good or not, but so. He said no, and we're just like, that's bullshit. Like, you don't want – like, you care about football and basketball but not about wrestling. So Kirk and I are sitting at the bar in Des Moines, 
at Joe's, you know, Joe's Pub, and we're like, hey, what do you think about just covering the Hawkeyes for ourselves? Should we just start our own website? And, okay, well, how, you know, I had some money from the mortgage business, so I, you know, I was okay. And it just, what are we gonna call it? And it was, I Russell, Iowa Russell. And we were just gonna cover the Hawkeyes. And then we were just covering the Hawkeyes. We found Ross Barachek, who was doing stuff on a website called Hawk Talk, and it was his his articles were popping up on the report. So we got Ross involved, and then once we started covering the Hawkeyes a lot, people started saying, "Well, what do you think about why aren't you covering Iowa State? Why aren't you covering you and I? What do you think about Naturally. you know? What do you think about covering high school? You guys should do high school rankings." okay, what do we have to do to do high school rankings? Like, right? Like, so Kirk was, Kirk was um, heavily into class 3A. Mm -hmm. Call him a Southeast Polk Homer at the time. (laughs) And um, we just kind of put feelers out there. At the time, our Twitter following was, Kirk had Twitter. I didn't have Twitter yet. And he talked me into it at the Big Ten Championships the year after and ever since then, I just was, like, going crazy on social media. Like, I had to get the followers so people would read articles. And the rest is history there. But um, as far as our social media game goes, but... Um, what about takedown wrestling? Yeah. Um, when did that kind of come about? Or what was that? That was... So takedown wrestling radio and TV had been around for multiple years like 10 years like 15 years prior to I Russell coming on the on the scene and I had never heard of it because I just didn't uh, didn't listen to the radio they had no online presence uh, I Russell was starting to get some traction and must have caught Scott Casper's eye or something someone brought it, brought it up and he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be part of the business um, it was good timing on his part because I was trying to get out of the mortgage business. I was, you know, wife and I were trying to have kids, thinking about having kids, getting married. And I was spending a ton of time. Like I went from making $30,000 a year when I consider not having a ton of money to making six figures, but it took a lot to get to six figures, mm-hmm. like a lot of time. So um, I was trying to get out of the business a little bit and he came along and said this is what it's going to take in order for you to be part of the takedown and I bought in and then we were still doing I Wrestle but I was focused on takedown radio because that was what was paying the bills I Wrestle was a love a love project we just loved covering it was our own money that we were doing at it takedown radio really funded it essentially I'd take all the money that <clears throat> I would make from takedown that Scott and I would split, and I would invest it in equipment for I Russell, or invested in people. We started paying our rankers at mm-hmm. high school level. They were used to do it for free, right? Started paying them, so people were starting to do more content on the I Russell side of things. But well, the way, it, the why it worked with Takedown was Takedown Radio, and it was more of a national brand. We covered local stuff, but not like high school stuff. It was more of, you know, you know, we had Kale Sanderson on the show and the Tom Brands and uh, Lee Pritz and people across the country. So I Russell could live 
and not be a competitive takedown because we only were focused on Iowa. So it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but takedown got to a point where we weren't we weren't I wasn't happy with it so we ended up selling it to a company out of California and we needed more people it was just Scott and I and I didn't like not being the best wrestling media company in the country you know you had flow you had track you had open mat you had you had intermat wrestling Mm -hmm. super competitive business to be in the national world so I wanted to partner up with the Open Mat, which is out of California, to just up our game at Takedown. And it did. It did at, at first. And as a blessing in disguise, we got uh, the Open Mat had some success. Um, just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that didn't go right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ultimately shut shut down the portion of ours, which was handling TV and radio. And I was then at a crossroads of like, what the hell am I going to do? Because right. I wrestle made like five to ten grand a year, if that, just off of <clears throat> some people maybe advertising with us or Google Word ads. It wasn't a lot, mm-hmm. so I had to say, okay, hey, I got to make a living. And um, I went and ended up going in full time into I wrestle, and that's been three years now. I mean, I was at Takedown for I was at Takedown I think like six years or seven mm-hmm. years during this process of still trying to build I wrestle to where again just it happened at the right time where this happened at Takedown where I wrestle is like really on the cusp of being one of the top media people in Iowa which is super competitive to hey we're going to start charging for content now was a huge deal Mm -hmm. and um, the people that are around me and I wrestle have full time jobs we had full time jobs so like you know if I was going to go full time you know everyone else like they already have full time jobs so like we just had to create a business model at that point and for in order for me to be full-time I wrestle so kind of a crazy kind of turn of events when we ended up getting out of takedown I guess long story there of how that you know you said takedown and I kind of forgot about that little era of my life but uh because I've been so focused with I wrestle mm-hmm. that um it seems like forever ago that I was part of takedown but uh that uh, that taught me a lot about business. Scott Casper has a lot of experience in business, and what and I learned what to do, what not to do mm-hmm. from him. And um, I'm grateful for those opportunities. But um, now, you know, now we're full time I wrestle, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think we're at a bar thinking that we're just going to cover the Hawkeyes. <laughs> Made the logo at the bar. The, the I wrestle logo? The I wrestle logo. Not the current one, mm-hmm. but the original logo We I made that night at the bar. Like On a napkin? We had our computer. No, we had our oh, computers okay. with us, so we, got, we came back from a, a duel, a Hawkeye duel, and this is when we started, started um, I wrestle, basically. It was at a bar. And Joe's we made Pop? The, Joe's Pop. Made the logo and um, bought the domain 
and it's 10 years ago this year that we bought the domain started the website wow. yeah crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the logo sucked like as a graphic designer like i just made it and we put it up on the banner and then it just kind of stuck like the the i knew we wanted to make the colors the iowa flag colors and mm -hmm. But not the Hawkeyes, because we were starting to think about not covering just the Hawkeyes. Mm -hmm. So we made it red, white, and blue, and it's just kind of stuck now, mm -hmm. you know? So so did I hear you, you've only been full-time at IA Russell for three years? Man, I, it's been five, four now. Four years wow. now, probably. Like, my timeline's kind of probably messed up a little bit, but because of COVID, it seems mm. like... I think we're going to be going on four years of me being full-time, so... Because it, it didn't really happen until around the state wrestling tournament, actually, of when it, it actually helped, happened mid-season of when they shut that takedown down and we decided to go full-time I wrestle and put it behind a paywall. It was right before the state tournament. Like, I found out, I found out, like, February, end mm -hmm. of February, no, end of January that uh, there wasn't going to be an option for us to come back. So we, it was a hard decision because we yeah. put, we put everything on a paywall, like right before the state wrestling tournament. So we caught a ton of backlash, right? I mean, rightfully so, because everyone's so used to getting free content that now we're charging for it on a platform that no one's really ever heard of called Rockfin. Uh, but the response was great. Like we, people, majority of the people understood they didn't understand my personal situation of why we were having to do this why it made business sense because you know it's it's either it's either we make it a business and put it behind a paywall and i Russell continues to grow and continues to do great things in the sport mm -hmm. or i have a job a full-time job along with everybody else with i Russell currently there and i Russell just kind of stays at the same spot like I, I can't invest more time into it because I have a full-time job so in one sense it was had to have had to happen in order for I Russell to make the sport better in my opinion mm -hmm. um, and and people subscribed and people complained though but mm -hmm. it now I think it's you're used to paying for about everything now yeah. <laughs> in today's world as far as subscription go like mm -hmm. content getting it for free is really hard mm -hmm. in any kind of sport um, wrestling is just a, a sport where people just don't like to spend money yeah but uh, now they do mm -hmm. which is good but yeah the timing obviously unfortunate <clears throat> however the whole time you're talking I'm sitting here nodding my head because <laughs> because I <clears throat> I get it and I think you described it really well about in order to take IA Russell to the next level, the content to the next level, there has to be some sort of, you know, there had to be a decision there, you know? And if you put it behind a paywall like you did, I think it was also, you're going to make good on your promise that you're going to provide good content and make it worth their, however much money they spend on your content, you know? So, you know, it, it's business, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But... It is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't pay our employees to do that stuff for a long time. So it also allowed us to me now to pay those people for working their butt off for right. all those years of grinding. 
right? There, I mean, there's there's people that work for I Russell that sacrifice their marriage for wrestling and fights of like, oh, you're going to another tournament. Well, how much are you getting paid? Not getting paid. Like, there's been a lot of sacrifices to get us where we're at. So, you know, when I hear people saying, you know, it's not worth it, well, tell that to this guy. Mm-hmm. Who potentially lost his marriage because of it right like that's that's the deep version of it of this is why we do this and now now he can go to his wife and say hey i'm getting this for doing this obviously it's something i love to do it's not my full-time job but i can bring home this amount of money and do this for our family it changes the the tune a little bit when you're mm-hmm. providing for your family mm-hmm. so Every ten dollars does help for little things within our within our organization that people don't really know. Right. Uh, I mean, we're sitting in an office now in Des Moines, Iowa. Wouldn't have happened without subscriptions. Right. Um, lots of things that we do for the sport without it mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened. Do you know how many <clears throat> tournaments there are? Maybe on average, um, on a typical Saturday during wrestling season. Youth or high oh, school? Yeah, that's a good point. I yeah. was I was thinking strictly just high school. Yeah, I mean, there's. If you could give just, if, I mean, you don't have to have say, any idea. But I mean, say sixteen. I don't know. Um, I guess the main point was like there's sixteen-ish tournaments. Say, yeah, and you 15. have how many people covering every single tournament, turning in all these results like. I think we take it for granted that we just think these results and everything just kind of show up mm-hmm. and that's just not how it works. Yeah. No, it's, and we can't cover all of it mm-hmm. and right. we don't cover all of it. Unfortunately, that's yeah. unfortunately the way it is, right? Um, it's, you can't be, you can't financially make it work to be at every single tournament. It's just not reality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we get a lot of flack from Western Iowa for not being out there a whole lot. And that is because there's not a lot of big tournaments out there. So we we have to go to the biggest tournaments to have the biggest, uh, it's not that the small tournaments don't matter, but as far as a business go, when if a tournament of 25 teams calls us and they want us to stream their event or a tournament of five teams, we have to go to the one that's 25 because our reach within that tournament is much it's it's a lot it goes a lot longer right so that's why that happens um man i would love to have someone in each corner of the state covering little tournaments here and there big tournaments whatever but Mm -hmm. and we're getting there we are getting there we've got people all over the state but it's hard to find it's hard to find that those those people that want to just cover the sport for the love of it and don't worry about making 20 bucks an hour go cover a wrestling tournament like unfortunately in the economy we're in you know driving driving two hours of your own gas to go cover wrestling is is hard for a lot of people right but it's also hard for me to pay to have someone to go do that too so we have to have a common ground where we have to think about what tournaments we cover now because the economy is it is what it is and um that that just it reiterates of why you know subscribing to us is super important because we can't if we don't have it we can't invest in more coverage 
can invest in more people. And we just we hope to continue to be the best we can, but there are realities of what we can and cannot do. Yeah. Right? Youth tournaments is absolutely nuts. Like, yeah. I mean, COVID year, it was hard to find a youth tournament, mm-hmm. right? For obvious reasons. There are still tournaments that happen. But we, we have a free entry thing on our website. I mean, we have over 150 tournaments in Iowa. And that's like people are still submitting them. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this year is going to be absolutely crazy of how many tournaments are in the state of Iowa for youth youth wrestling. It is, it is alive and well. Girls wrestling has helped that tremendously yeah. too. So wrestling is, is very in a, a very good spot in our state right now. Mm-hmm. How do you, as a business, how do you keep subscribers – after say you know my kid is in high school they graduate I don't need to really subscribe anymore how do you kind of keep those type of people mm-hmm. coming back those those are folks that we hope fall in love with our college coverage of people that are are Hawkeye, Hawkeye fans or Cyclone mm-hmm. fans or UNI fans you know we don't cover a ton of the small colleges so we're losing out on a ton, ton of the, that that those folks that are just going to subscribe because we just don't cover those small colleges. Mm-hmm. Now we've we've we have tried to find a couple of different people, and we have someone this year that's going to cover those small colleges. So we hope to keep those type of people on, mm-hmm. but um, we're just going to end up losing some of those subscribers, mm-hmm. right? Um, your diehards are going to keep subscribing because they love college wrestling. They follow they follow their school still, but the reality is is they're gonna unsubscribe just because they they might lose touch with it. You know, it could be like like me in college where love wrestling, but you fall out of love with it. You maybe don't have any ties to the community, your old community where you grew up, and you don't know who any of these kids are anymore. So I'm not gonna pay for something. I don't know who I'm watching. Right? There's got to be some kind of tie back to the sport in order for you to want to engage with it. So I think it happens a lot for wrestlers that are super competitive and they fall in love with the sport if they fall out of love with the sport and then they come back and it's even more stronger than it was when you were in it because you don't realize what you had or what you loved until it was gone mm-hmm. until you realize yes. that you really missed it and mm-hmm. there's a ton of wrestlers I think that are like that mm-hmm. I really do yeah um, whether they either have regrets like most of us of course right or there's dark things that bring come up when you think about wrestling um so getting those people to come back are are, is also in my mind of subscribers is those those are the people i want to come back to the sport that that actually help grow the sport people that have zero ties any of these wrestlers but they're supporting it Mm -hmm. that's how you um support the community yeah yes how were you able to, you know, like, to get it to this point, IA Wrestle, you know, you've been at it for four years now, full time. How did you get it to this point to where you've been as successful as you are? And did you even see IA Wrestle being as successful as it is currently? Um, there's a lot to that question, I guess, and I'm probably going to ramble. I feel like I've been rambling, but, you know, I don't, I'm not – it's weird because I'm never in this situation. <laughs> Usually I'm letting the guests talk, right? So you've put me in a situation where I'm talking a lot. Uh, 
I always thought that I Russell could be the best in the state of coverage. I always knew that we weren't going to have maybe like as quality of say an Andy Hamilton or a Cody Goodwin or Miller or um, you know some of these KJ Pilcher, some of these great journalists, right? That mm-hmm. have just unbelievable stories that they write. But I knew, always knew that we could deliver it in a faster and more consumable fashion than a newspaper could. Mm-hmm. And that's just that just was has always been my belief, and it keeps getting more and more towards people getting away from reading articles and video and graphics and and they want it now they wanted it yesterday they want <laughs> rankings every day so that is reiterating what i've always thought i also could be it is today and it does not happen you asked how we got here obviously having the belief that it could be turned into a business was is is super important and but it doesn't happen without all the people that I wrestle that it you know every little thing that some of these people do you know I'm the face of I wrestle but dude there's there's so many people behind the scenes that make it to where I am the face I guess if people think about my name is because I put my name out there but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are grinding because they love it and grinded to get us to this point but you gotta think about like they have full-time jobs so they can't be constantly on twitter like me and instagram so you know guys like kirk crendon people don't even a lot of people don't know who kirk is because he he did step away from the sport actually a while he started with me and he stepped away from doing the rankings and fell he didn't he fell he just it wasn't important for him anymore um Ross Barachek, Lars Underbaki, uh, Nick Ryder. Um, there's just there's a lot of you know photographers. There's just a lot of the photographers. There's little people that have done little things as far as been at our events and held the camera. Um, anybody that's maybe carried a video case. Like without those people, we're 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 just. We're not where we're at now. One guy cannot do what the hell we do now. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. And um, super grateful for it to be where it's at. I mean, it's, it is something I wish we had as competitors when we were there. Of like, I do think that kids now are just so used to it that mm-hmm. they don't take it they take it for granted mm-hmm. of how awesome it is that we have so many different not just Iowa wrestle but so many different people covering wrestling in Iowa 10 years from now they're gonna be like yeah that was pretty cool for sure <laughs> yeah like that 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 sure. much was getting invested in the sport but as far as a brand goes I mean I didn't think I'd be doing baseball didn't think <laughs> I'd be in um, potentially going to other sports um, at some point in time, midway through, before it even came full time, I always thought that we could go into other states. You know, now we're in Nebraska, mm-hmm. North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and potentially other ones. I always thought that it could be, we could do, people in Iowa are crazier than anybody else, but I, I know that wrestling people are passionate outside of Iowa too, maybe just not as crazy. 
that if we did the exact same thing in Iowa, we could do in other states. So that's really when, you know, you talk about building a business, getting it outside of Iowa is really what's trying, you know, what's actually putting food on the table for my family. And those people out there building, finding those people in Iowa, I need to find the same people in Nebraska, like that are crazy and want to do this and other states, right, mm-hmm. to, to do. And, and they're, when they come to me and they say, hey, we just want to do more for the sport in our state. We, they deserve the coverage that you give in Iowa and our state. And there's a lot of states like that because it does take a lot of money. It does take a lot of time investment. It takes hardworking people to get that done. And it just – newspapers just can't keep up with that. Or news stations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't care about wrestling until it's a state tournament. So there's just a niche for somebody like us to come into those states. But that doesn't happen without the things that we've put in place in here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Yeah. When did you, I guess I should ask this earlier, but when did you kind of fall back in love with the sport? Because you said there was kind of a period there where, you know, I, to be honest, it, this didn't seem like a possibility. I wrestled did not seem like a possibility mm-hmm. with where you were at with the sport and in your life. And now here we are, you know, where did that shift or that love hap come back that passion for the sport or did that come back to you i don't know if i just was bored one day and got on the hawkeye <laughs> you know hawkeye report hawkeye nation you know trying to figure out who who is wrestling for the hawkeyes right and like who these guys are i think i didn't fall in love with it again until kirk and i went to the big 10 championships and got those credentials mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I strictly remember, you know, we were wearing Iowa Hawkeye gear, like, which is a big no-no in media, uh, that, you know, Wisconsin fans were, like, booing us. And it was the year that Mac McDonough, I believe, took his medal and threw it in the trash because uh, he got second place. And that's when I, like, I was able to witness how crazy the Hawkeye fans really are. Like, mm-hmm. you heard about it. Like, I didn't go to duels when I was in college because right. I was wrestling. Right. Got out of college. I couldn't afford going to duels. So now I'm in it, and I'm seeing how crazy it really is. Didn't I mean, I didn't go to duels when I was in high school. Right. Even. Mm-hmm. So to see it and feel it, it, it really just got me back into, like, being a fanboy really yeah. like there's people that work with us today that make fun of us because they call us fanboys and we legit were like we were just fanboys of the sport which it took to in order to go to these events and just hey we're two dudes that are covering dudes in this <laughs> like it's kind of weird but like you know we're not in media we're not a news outlet like bloggers were just they weren't part of the media like we had to fight the Iowa High School Athletic Association to give us credentials. Like online blogging was not a thing. It was you show up and it's in the paper the next day. You know, with the predicament there, they at least could say, hey, it'll be in the paper a month from now or whatever, whatever whenever they put the issues out. So they could get credentials because they have a newspaper or they have, there's people that have radio stations. We had online YouTube Facebook, like we were legit the first people in Iowa to like go hard into that. And it was, I was a part of, you know, falling in love with like, just like being the underdog of Mm -hmm. the media world was, 
was where I fell in love with like that competitiveness mm. again, right? Of being people saying like we couldn't get it done and we just grinded and that was our competition. That's how I bring wrestling back into like my businesses. You know, the predicament was somebody that I read growing up, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, I could talk about being ranked like that's there's so many stories of people that read that thing and that changed their life or you know made them feel like they made it or whatever it may be or they read a Dan McCool article or Andy Hamilton article you know those were our competitors so that that's where my competitiveness is able to come back into the media world mm-hmm. flow wrestling yeah. uh, multiple entities you know out there really mm-hmm. at that time so, I mean, there's a lot now. That's probably a long question of, like, how I fall in love with it. But I'd say the Big Ten Championship was probably the first event that I was able to experience that fan obsession mm-hmm. uh, again with those people. You said that you were, like, the first really to do the YouTube and stuff. Why Why did you take that leap when no one else was? What What made you think that, like, this could work? Uh, I would say just because we were young and Facebook was still like Facebook was just a way that you were interacting with people a lot and you would read articles on Facebook and in college I didn't pick up the newspaper we would get Win Magazine in our in our um, in our office but no one would ever read it right so no one's ever actually consuming no one's really actually consuming news anymore at that age, like mm-hmm. that demographic, right? Like the people that still love reading the paper, they're still getting it delivered. They're still loving it, right? But you're missing out on a huge – you're missing out on that whole demographic from 18 to 25-year-old wrestling people that are just waiting the whim because they're on the phone all the time. I mean, it's crazier even now, but at the time, like people are at this point are now on their phone getting news. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a matter of me just being young enough and understanding that and everybody else just was still ingrained of maybe they're just older than me and they're just used to getting the news that way. Mm-hmm. Watching the news at 10, getting the, the Des Moines Register and getting the results of the, you know, or getting rankings the next day or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I think just, just really good timing, I would say, getting lucky and, and recognizing that, I guess. What's the... What's the next steps for IA Wrestle? What What do you see for the future? Whether that's now or in you know in a couple of years, five years, like yeah. what? What's coming through the pipeline? I would say the next thing for IA Wrestle is is covering youth wrestling a lot more and Ooh, making those tough. making those fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Uh, stars before they get to high school, and people listening to this are going to say, "Well, you know, just let them be kids, right?" I was that yeah, that was going to be a question for just you. Just let them be kids, right? Mm-hmm. And don't put pressure on them. Mm-hmm. But my argument to that is, kids are already reading stuff. The kids are kids are have cell phones at fifth grade, so mm-hmm. they're already they're going to read it somewhere, one way or the other. And you know, we're, our coverage isn't going to be like it is at a high school level, but they're not just on their phone trying to get IRS content. They're on YouTube. They're on all these different platforms anyways. So, you know, 
why not cover them and you know tap into that demographic essentially and and then now your high school people know who these kids are when they come up here so they stay engaged and maybe those people that are at, you're talking about keeping those subscribers when they go into college you know maybe they're st- they still stay engaged with you know that kid that was a stud in sixth grade or seventh grade whatever it may be mm-hmm. you know um, you know as far as a business standpoint you know if they if you can capture that potential customer at fifth grade now you're keeping them for eight years versus just their fourth grade you know their four years in high school so from a business side of point and uh, you know there's lots of things to it but that that's another factor of why we would cover more of those people um, mm-hmm. so covering youth wrestling is one um, and then just having more uh, full-time people we hired Randy um, Yeager she came on last year to cover youth wrestling take photos for us and she's our first full you know full-time employee that we've had so super pumped about that mm-hmm. you know we're looking to potentially hire a videographer to go full-time with us so we can you know be in a wrestling room during the season every day every other day and because it my boy is eight, a daughter is six, and I got a two-year-old. At some point in time, he's going to be start wrestling. So, you know, I can't be gone every weekend. I got to find, you know, I got to find the next guy to to fall in love with wrestling. And I wrestle like myself. So I'm hoping that I will. I'm 40 years old, almost two years. So like, I'm young, but the reality is, is I've got to get myself out of the sport a little bit and and find that person that can do and fall in love with it like I do right and so that's the next step find the right more people covering more and likely going into more sports the brand of I wrestle going into more sports so then would the brand just be IA you know because then you'd have IA football IA wrestle IA baseball you know would IA just be the brand I'm just curious I mean, yeah or, I would I in it, Iowa or? yeah everything everything would be attached to the IA brand because then people right we talk about class 1A them being football players baseball mm-hmm. players yeah. and wrestlers right so it just transitions into other sports so they know what kind of covers to expect mm-hmm. if they're wrestlers they already know that right in the same sense if we capture them as a football customer and they haven't heard of IA wrestle, maybe. Oh, hey, oh, they they also cover IA. They cover wrestling too. So we can kind of transition those customers throughout the season into different sports. But we are we're not to the point of a company to where we can have the exact same coverage and expectations from wrestling that we can in baseball and wrestling or football. Mm-hmm. So that's been a struggle for me of of making sure that people have the same expectations from wrestling and other sports Mm -hmm. so that's the next step find those right people to do those things um and obviously going in other states so we're in nebraska and wisconsin so would be probably focusing on wrestling in the other states and then once that state gets established financially using those funds again doubling Mm -hmm. down in the money that that state that sport makes to invest in football or baseball or volleyball whatever it may be using those funds to invest in other sports uh, where those needs are I guess so doubling down on your your assets in other states is is also important to me uh, so 10 years from now you know we're having this conversation and 
I'm in Mexico and <laughs> or, or drinking, you know, we're drinking cocktails and, you know, people are watching wrestling more than they've ever watched wrestling before because mm-hmm. of us. That's their goal. Yeah. Well, if you're going to start doing other sports, you've set the bar pretty high with I wrestle appreciate and, that. and what you do. You I appreciate know. that. I think so anyway, you know. I think it's fun. I personally enjoy seeing, uh, you know, the kids after AAU State Tyler just in matches or whatever, and you just ask them questions. They just, I feel like they're like, oh, man, this is fun. Like, I'm not, I've never been interviewed before, and now here I am, and here's Tony Hager, and I wrestle, and this is, they just, I think it just, they appreciate it. Super raw. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you go back and look at some of those interviews, like, it's just, it's before kids realize that they're good. Yes. And they they do just love the sport. Mm-hmm. So their their answers are super raw. They're not polished. Mm-mm. You know, they haven't been watching other people interview of like, hey, what should you say after a match? What shouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so those are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you recognize that because it is it's super super raw. And something that I'm hoping that those wrestlers can look back on someday and be like, oh, yeah, for you sure. know, they're sitting around showing their kids like, hey, you know, this is this is me when I was your age talking about my state title. Like, <laughs> that's pretty cool to me mm-hmm. to be able to provide that. I guess you know. Yeah. Um, do you have a couple memories that stick out to you from I wrestle that just you know bring joy to you that you're like, man. I remember doing this interview. I remember when this happened, you know, where I wrestle was kind of a big part of that. And that made me super proud to be a part of I wrestle. Man. Um, uh, we got website of the year, national wrestling media. Really? Okay, uh, cool. They, wow. they, they voted for us to be, to get that award. And that was early on. Uh, that we just we were just recognized as being really we were trying to model what flow was doing at a really small budget (laughs) so being recognized for that was really cool among our peers because we struggled just to be respected in that world right these guys and girls had gone to college to be journalists and then there's just two dudes that are loving wrestling and covering wrestling and cover it completely different it's not always professional right like these dudes are spending all night writing articles so they can get stuff out for the paper and we just put up a small little interview at the end and then we're gone and we're you know off to the bar having fun so we we struggled to get recognition from the media world media members so getting that was definitely a huge huge uh stamp of approval for us um our first event at Carver was super uh, rewarding. We there has been wrestling events in Iowa that have been put on postseason that highlight wrestling. We were one. We were the first ones to highlight a girl at an event like that, a girls only match. This is when we only had like three high school girls wrestling. So. That was a, a awesome opportunity to be able to show people that girls wrestling is is here to stay. That was at Carver Hockey Arena. I can say that we'll never be back there again, mm-hmm. but that was just a unique opportunity for us to have our duel at, at Carver, which is crazy. Um, the third, who being part, just recently being part of sanctioning 
of the girls wrestling. You know, we've been in talks. We had been in talks with the girls union, with the Iowa City um, Visitors Bureau, the Coralville. You know that that was going to happen, and they let us in that world of you know, what it should look like, where you know where you guys should be, and um, you know we've we have been advocates for girls wrestling <clears throat> before. Honestly, I think a lot of people were in the media world, so to be a part of that was really awesome to see. You know, we don't want to take credit for that growth because without the girls, that that these opportunities would never happen. For them just to like be, you know, we're going to do it, and lots of people out there that are behind the scenes doing that. Um, we're just proud that we were actually covering it, mm-hmm. and no one else was. So that that was a pretty cool moment. Those three, Carver, Website of the Year, and probably Sanction of the Sport was probably the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I mean, there's, of course. A, there's a ton, right? Of course, so yeah. we were able to donate a whole team to go to a camp a couple summers ago during COVID. You know, like the, they didn't have a lot of money to send their team to a camp but it was important for them to have the camaraderie you know we we sent them to that camp and no one heard about that but those things you know having the ability to do those things and people coming to us Mm -hmm. is is impactful you know that when you talk about doing those things that no one really sees or hears about in our sport you know that's actually giving back Mm -hmm. you know and and growing the sport that that term gets thrown around loosely of, of growing the sport of wrestling. Well, what are you actually doing? You know, financially, financially is a, that's something that a lot of people don't do. They talk about doing it, but they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And we have done that. It just isn't something that we throw out there because we can't do it for everybody. Now, we are a business. We're not a, we are not a nonprofit organization, but right. you know, if someone needs something in the sport of wrestling, we are, we are, we do have the ability to do those things, and that's so that's that's pretty awesome to be able to do those certain things in certain situations, mm-hmm. right? So awesome, yeah, yeah. That's something I don't probably nobody knew besides yeah. that team, that group. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Those little things mm-hmm. are super cool to me, I guess. I mean, there's so many different like just a mm-hmm. story of us being at the state wrestling tournament and going over to buzzard billy's and someone goes hey you know i don't want to put anyone's name out there but you know they they weren't like people see my face right Mm -hmm. so they don't see these other people but when they you know when people from my wrestle come in with me and they're like hey you're that guy and and they're like yeah i am and it's the first time that they're like seeing that you know they're being recognized for being that person i wrestle is really cool for me because we're providing that opportunity for those people to be in those situations like it's super rewarding to see people put in the work and then also like someone that i don't know come up to that person and say man thank you for or her thank you for what you're doing for i wrestle Mm -hmm. that's huge like it reassures them that they're doing the right thing. It reassures me that people are engaging in their content and appreciate it. Like, cause 
it's hard to do this all the time. So we have people that hate us, don't like us, don't think we should be doing certain things. So when we get appreciated, and I see that appreciation for other people in my organization, that's what's really impactful too. So there's a ton of situations like that probably. Mm-hmm. I could keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could keep going. I'm sure, because you've done a lot of great things, you know, and just to kind of reflect on all those great things you have done you know just kind of take it in I've done that with some coaches you know on my podcast it's just no, they don't take the time to actually just sit back because they're always doing something they're yep, always going absolutely and so you know just trying to give you the time also to just take a second and appreciate what you have done for the sport of wrestling in Iowa <clears throat> and in other places obviously you said North Dakota Wisconsin Minnesota Nebraska like yeah there's yeah, a lot of appreciation out there for what you do, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate having me on. Like, just being able to talk about state wrestling, like, that's <laughs> – those are hard, you know. So I, that's 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 part of, obviously, why you're doing this. Like, you know, you are doing what I was doing 10 years ago, mm-hmm. doing it – you know, you're doing it because you want to hear the stories. You want those stories to be told. So, you know, it brings me back to, like, why I'm doing this, right? Like – you're not getting paid to come here. Like you drove into Des Moines to come see me. Like you're here because you want to hear the story and you want to tell it to people. Like that's why we do this, right? And uh, obviously, it's my job, so it's a little different for me now. But like, it's important for me. I gotta step back and look at like what you just said. Like, why am I doing this, right? Um, other than to feed my family. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's good stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep doing. Well, this was this was great. I think it also, what's also fun is like, I think we talked about before we started recording, like, you know, I talked to Cody Goodwin and, and obviously yourself, like, we see you guys, we see you around, we know you, we see your content, but we don't really know who you are. And so I think this is going to be really fun and important for people to hear and actually listen to what you went through, you know, that you, how you dealt with your losses and how you perceive also the people that you're recording. You don't see them as business, you know. You still view them as kids who won or lost, and you still empathize with them. You've been in their shoes. You know, have similar feelings to what they're going through. And I think that just makes it a little easier to, you know, kind of talk to these kids and have people come up and talk to you because they, you get it. Yeah. Having call fire helps. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know. <clears throat> Uh, mm-hmm. No offense to other media members, but, you know, having Coughler here does help when you're going up to a wrestler. <laughs> Try to introduce yourself of, like, hey, why does this guy have a camera in front of my face? Mm-hmm. So having that background definitely does help. Um, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, reflect, reflection is always a good thing for anybody to do. Um, this has uh, been great. And uh, definitely will keep listening urge people to listen more because um you know there's tons of people that have stories out there like ours that you talk about cody goodwin and those guys like why we do it right and um wrestling is a is a it's very hard to to make a living doing it and have and enjoy life i guess so <laughs> it, it, people call it a poor man's sport and it, that's a legit thing um but you know that's why we all love wrestling right so yeah everyone has a reason of why they do this stuff right and my my biggest thing when you're hearing you say that is you know they see us as 
you know, come up to us, come up, come up to us at Buzzer Billies, come us up at Hawkeye Duels, and and shake our hands. Like we're we're just we're normal people too. Like we like drinking a case of beer on the weekend, watching wrestling. So, you know, and talking talking wrestling. Like we we are normal people, but we're in the media world. So, we we would love to talk to people at tournaments and whatnot. So, anytime people are out, stop us and myself and any one of my crew. I'm sure would love to talk to people about just what we do right mm-hmm. and that that keeps people engaged with who we are as people mm-hmm. right and they want to, they would want to support us because this is who we are we're not just dudes like um that's why i look at it too is it's important for people to know who we are mm-hmm. um and the wrestlers like behind the scenes you know talk to tj tj moen you know i don't know when the show's coming out but talk to tj moen like <laughs> hearing his background story and, and why you should either go to his club or support what he's doing you know a lot of people could see some of these super clubs and be like oh they've got 100 kids and they're charging 200 bucks a month it's a lot of money mm-hmm. well are they really making that lot of money you know and you talk to them and why they do it or what actually is happening behind the scenes you know it's what you know, the media world's all about so mm-hmm. yeah and I think people are more likely to subscribe to I wrestle and things like now they know now they know you. They have a. Yeah. They they feel like they know you a little more. They're like, you know what? Yeah, I can see why he did a paywall. I can see why he's doing these things. You know, it's genuine, and let's let's help him out. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Tony Hager, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Lastly, don't forget to check out the show notes for more information about the Gear Up campaign and visit their website. Again, that website is national.beatthestreets.org slash let's talk wrestling. Take care and we will see you next time. Say